we came up with the idea of the weekly hook just kind of on a whim, essentially, right? When we were talking about different ideas about what to add for potentially people who are not into Star Wars mm. um, and, you know, incorporating different things that we are interested in, you know, on the larger scale or a wider scale of things. And so that we, we came up with the idea one week, right? And then I think it was a couple of weeks later, we did our first recording about this with you as the lead. And with you being in the lead, I just kind of responded to what you were saying, just kind of going along for the ride, essentially. But it never really felt real to me. <laughs> and now we're here with me having prepared, and it's all feeling super real, and I'm so excited. Um, the stakes feel higher, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, right? And I like this because also this is one thing that this is a complete surprise to you you have no idea what i'm mm. going to talk about because you had told me what you were going to talk about the first week right yeah. and this is another reason where it's like oh my god how do i reveal this what do i do like is he gonna is he just gonna groan and be like i can't believe we're gonna have a talk about this for an hour um i mean but, wait a second wait a second an hour that's not what i signed up for <laughs> whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is is that like the last week was definitely um, an exercise in putting you on the pedestal and like talking about something for so long. Mm. And I feel like that's often opposite of our normal dynamic where I go off on long ass tangents and you're very much the silent, listen, respond and ask a thoughtful question. And summarize your, your five minute soliloquy in one sentence. Exactly. Right. <laughs> And now we are in this situation where I am given the pedestal and I am just, I have the baton now and I will run <laughs> for as long <laughs> as I fucking want. Oh man. So, uh, so today we're going to talk about something that I know you actively dislike. Oh my and... God. <laughs> I'm wrecking my brain right now. What could it be? What could it be? And I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you that you should like this. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm here to... Just talk about why I love this particular thing. And I I hope in the process of understanding or listening to my logic that you will get a greater appreciation for this one thing. I don't expect you to engage with it in any way, shape, or form. But we uh, hopefully will, you know, have a good time in our discussion today. The suspense is killing me. Please, please tell me what is it. So today we're going to talk about a sitcom. Okay. <laughs> but not just any sitcom. We're going to be talking about Community. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not bad, right? I of mean, all the sitcoms I could choose, um, yeah, this fine. is the one to talk about. Yeah. I know nothing about it. I know that uh, Donald Glover is in it. I mean, isn't that enough? Um, I've heard that it's a, of all the sitcoms, it's one of the better ones. And I would argue it is not a sitcom. It is a, it is a, it's wearing a sitcom's clothes, essentially, but it is not inherently a sitcom. Its formula doesn't follow that of a typical sitcom, which what okay. is part of what makes it amazing. The The third thing that I know about it is um, that I have adopted something that one of the characters is saying, which is apparently cool, 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 or something like that. Yes. And I do that sometimes. Yeah. But I, have, I have never watched Community ever. Yeah, I figured you hadn't watched it. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen like. I mean, I've seen memes of it, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't say anything to me, so I don't even know where it's coming from. Maybe it's just that I also just do that because I don't know where I would have gotten that from. But 
So, Maybe just in the culture in general, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of people who say cool, 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 cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it's just caught on in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna mute myself for 45 minutes and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, I want this to be a conversation, as this yeah. as always is. Um, and I'm very passionate about community, mm. um, and I hopefully I will I mean not hopefully I will try to explain um, why that is. And <laughs> it's really interesting. So we have to start with the sitcom as a genre in some ways. And understanding community's place within sitcoms in general, right? Especially network sitcoms. Um, so community ran from 2009 to 2015, right? And 2009 essentially is an interesting generation for sitcoms. It is what I would call sort of the last generation of network sitcoms. And it is, you know, The Office was halfway through its run, getting critical acclaim everywhere. 30 Rock was in a similar place. Um, and it was sort of this generation that was de defined by upending the old tropes of your familiar sitcoms. Things like Cheers, things like uh, Friends or Seinfeld, etc., etc. And Friends and Frasier essentially were the older type of sitcoms that Both ended in 2004, and and then the vision of Arrested Development, which had which had been founded, which had been founded, wow, which started in 2003, <laughs> essentially signaled that there is a new generation and new models to put into old types of sitcoms. And as I mentioned, The Office and 30 Rock, these were two of these more original remaking of sitcoms. What a sitcom could be in the form of um you know ditching things like the laugh track moving to single cam breaking the fourth walls making more poignant commentaries on the politics or um this corporate world etc cetera, etc cetera. and then obviously it's always sunny which found was also founded in 2005 just went balls to the wall in ridiculousness and just was obviously that was on a cable network which you know in the US what network your television show is on really plays so much of a role into what you can say, what you can do, and what the target audience is. And so they created, Always Sunny in particular, created such a, a raunchy, ridiculous story aimed specifically at a niche audience, not with the goal of creating content for a wider audience, right? And this, to that dichotomy, essentially, whether or not you want to cater to a small, specific loyal audience or a wider one is the biggest difference between the the unoriginal remakes of uh, sitcoms in this era which were probably i would define as how about your mother and big bang theory which are two very widely watched shows but largely unoriginal and they're both trying they were essentially both trying to recapture old sitcom vibes with trying to create a new twist and didn't really do much with it i would say um, not to say that they, you know, talented people didn't work on them, um, but they, as shows from a creative perspective, were not as interesting to someone like me. And in 2009, there's two other shows that uh, were two other sitcoms that came to light, essentially, as well. Uh, it was Community, as well as Modern Family and Parks and Rec. Modern Family sort of immediately was lauded critically as well as just gained a lot of 
um, how do I say, a lot of popular appeal. It was watched widely. It was very successful. It was, you know, ABC's, oh my God, this is like a, this is the sitcom for the modern age, essentially. Um, Parks and Rec, on the other hand, was built essentially on the legacy of The Office. And it actually, the first season of Parks and Rec was almost entirely a one-to-one trying to mimic the formula of The Office. And then they eventually tried to move away from that and they successfully did and created to create a very creatively written show with its own unique um formula and i know this is a long-winded history of 2000s the late 2000s early 2010s sitcoms but it's all essentially to say that community came in and arose at at a perfect time for what it wanted to be because it was a creative show that could exist in a space where networks and television was still a medium that people focused on as opposed to today with frag the fragmented nature of television and various streaming services and it's just a very different network um very different media landscape today than it was in 2010 or 2009 and this confluence of a creative vision and a primetime network is where community arose and while if if the show would have been created today, it would look a lot more like what Rick and Morty looks like than what Community does look like. And it's a very interesting way to look at it in terms of he would have gotten the money for sure, but content has diluted itself so much and no platform essentially or no show has like the hegemony essentially to spread as far as it could have 10 to 15 years ago and what community does on top of everything is it came in in 2009 and upended everything it essentially does what no sitcom had ever done and has ever done since it um, upended every sitcom trope it it has the most malleable of premises essentially this whole show is follows seven um, seven main characters who attend a community college, Greendale. Each of their character, each of the characters are very different and um, go through so many things. But that context allows for so much variation between episode to episode, as opposed to something like The Office, which is <laughs> an office that people have to go to every day, and the situation doesn't really change that much, no matter how much the writers try to make and try to make that happen. So I I have a I have I have a few questions. Please. Uh, first of all, I have to say, none of the shows you have mentioned so far have I ever watched more than a few episodes of. Um, Perfect. So <laughs> there's that. Um, do you like any of the old school sitcoms? I, um, the one that I do like is Seinfeld. That's the closest thing that I do like of the old school ones. Um, I can't think to myself, I mean, I also do like Fresh Prince. That's more out of nostalgia than anything else. Cause that's something I watch as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like Frasier. I don't like Friends. Uh, I don't like, um, obviously, well, no, I didn't mention How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory. Those are not neat. Those are not old, but they are built on an old model, essentially. And they're definitely the worst of the bunch. Yeah. Um, uh, of this modern era. I can't think to say, like, I, I was too young for Cheers. I never watched that. If you go back really a lot, I'm not even a fan of things like uh, I Love Lucy or 
um, Bewitched or that older generation of sitcoms that sort of began the model essentially or began this whole genre in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that I like in that way. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the laugh track in general. No. Um, I think that the laugh track, you know, it doesn't annoy me as much as I know it annoys you um, in and of itself. But I think it gives way to uncreative writing. And that's why I like Seinfeld, because Seinfeld mm-hmm. can be, is creatively written. It has a laugh track. That's obviously a, a factor of its own time. Um, but it it doesn't hide behind bland writing, which I find a lot of other shows do. Yeah, I I hate the laugh track so much. It's if you want something to be funny, write something funny, and then people will <laughs> laugh. You don't yeah. need to, I don't know, trigger the empathy receptors in people's brains by hearing other people laugh by something that's not that funny. Well, that's the thing is that what is the goal of the television show, right? And that's what I mentioned in terms of creating something for a niche audience that people actually, that is creatively written versus creating something that is sort of mindless that you can kind of watch and not really pay attention to too much. And that is not only the laugh track, but I'll go into a little bit more what community does differently in a second, but it is also about how you structure and create your show. So things like, how about your mother big bang theory which both do have laugh tracks fit into this category but also so does modern family which doesn't have a laugh track but fits in the same category and the office does as well um 30 rock doesn't as much but still it kind of does um but you don't need a laugh track to be boring (laughs) or be unoriginal uh not to say that all the shows that i mentioned are unoriginal i think they are original in specific ways um but none of them combine in in the types of originality and interestingness that community does. So you don't like sitcom fast food, you want something nourishing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Do you have a do, we, do you have a strong feeling about the UK office versus the US office? Not really. Um the UK office obviously it, it is they're both funny. They're both well written. I'm personally not a huge fan of Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Um I you know, I'm not one of those people. I really do like dry humor uh, in a lot of the ways. So I do like the, um, the the British office for sure. I think the original, like the American remake is built more on its form, that formula early on and then diverges from it significantly. Um, mm. And it's it, as it evolves into what show it wanted to be. I'm not one of these people who thinks, especially with television shows, more so than movies, that remakes should be compared with one another in some ways, just because they take on a life of their own as they grow and as they become their own thing. Like a movie is something, you have a production cycle of a film, and then it's released, right? Mm. A television show is constantly being written and rewritten and evolved every, not even from season to season, episodes to episodes. So... I would say that a show like The Office or like Parks and Rec is another good example where it ended and where it started are completely different shows, right? Mm. So the feeling, you know, so all that is to say that I think both of those shows have their interesting points and are have value in their own ways. But yeah. I don't think they should be always compared with one another just because one was the inspiration yeah, for the other. I agree. I want to I wanna quickly read something to you from 2016, a screenshot I took in 2016 about The Office. UK sitcoms tend to be darker than American ones, encouraged by powerful public broadcasting system, 
sorry, encouraged by a powerful public broadcasting system whose aim is to serve the varying taste of taxpayers, not the, upbe not the upbeat preferences of advertisers, by a national psyche fixated on the immutability of the class system, not on a dream of self-improvement. Americans believe that things will get better. Brits laugh at how things stay the same. To become a hit in the United States, the office not only had to transform the tragic grating boss into a less tragic, less grating, more, more well-meaning boss. It had to cast off the message, central to the British original, that work is where you go to waste your life. End quote. Yeah, that's a very poignant uh, message. Uh, where did you get that quote from, if I mind, if I ask? I don't remember. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I just saw it on the internet and I thought this is, sounds very smart, so I'm just, just going to screenshot that. I think that's a interesting message and it can be expanded upon into not only, obviously, the office, but American media in general in the 20th century. Mm. And this goes to what is the 20th century look like for Britain and what does it look like for the U.S.? For the U.S., it looks like emerging as a global power and growth and economic dominance and hege global hegemony. In Britain, it's losing an empire, becoming irrelevant on the world stage from a large perspective. It's a very, it's definitely like two diverging paths in terms of the society as well. So when we think about, and in that divergence, you have the emergence of the film and television as a media, as a medium, sorry. So it, it, it is only natural that the, the resulting content that is created out of that culture is, is diverges as well from one another. Hmm. So not everything goes back to sociopolitical situations, but a lot does in my mind. <laughs> Doesn't it though? It kind of does. Yeah, it, it's it's a very fascinating thing. I had uh, taken a few courses in in college on Americanization mm. and the declining nature of Americanization in the 21st century, and what does that look like, right? And it, a lot of that is understanding the historical precedent or the under historical understanding of why this happens and how does it how in what upon which upon what pillars is it built, right? Mm -hmm. And it is often built upon the reflection of the reality of uh, the American the political situation in the global scale in the 20th century and the abundant wealth in the post-World War II period, et cetera, et cetera, and that development and growth, as well as, well as the not-so-subtle political messaging <laughs> underneath everything. And not to say that those same ideals are still present in the society in the american society today because you know one can argue that the u.s society nowadays has been declining has been in decline um but it sets a precedent and a formula upon which later media is then built right and consumers are cons consumer expectations are built as well so now that we know you know we're all trained by our society to expect certain things from certain medium, right? And the foundations for that those expectations are built in the formation of this media. But what's interesting about community, I will say I will go back and circle back to our main topic <laughs> after, mm -hmm. after our divergence within a divergence within a divergence. That's how um, we do. Community is amazing because it can hide a multitude of different shows and commentaries all within what seems to be a familiar sitcom wrapping, essentially. 
it what's great though is that there is nothing familiar or ordinary about community it is one of the most originally written heartfelt even creating creative and meaningful comedies i've ever watched and <laughs> one other show that i have to sort of just uh, shout out to right now and i'm sure we'll discuss in the future is bojack horseman which we'll talk about i'm sure but this show upends everything and i'll just give one example and one way that it does this is by abandoning the model of the straight man essentially yeah and i'm sure you are familiar but if you're not familiar familiar that the straight man is i in in comedy um the straight man is a person who is sort of relatively normal who is then put into a crazy scenario and essentially acts as a pseudo avatar for the audience right and almost all comedies have one going back to albert and costello being this dual um comedy of the straight man and the funny man um uh, to the office right think uh, Jim Halpert from The Office, even Jerry Seinfeld from Seinfeld, Liz Lemon and 30 Rock, they all have traces of the straight man. Um, even like it has an international connection to as well, right? Dare I say, <clears throat> transcultural. Japanese manzai comedy is also famous for this duality, right? Um, it even goes back to uh, early, early trickster tales, right? where uh, one is being outwitted and one is the outwitter, essentially. Um, that last tidbit, shout out to uh, my friend uh, Robin, who just finished his PhD on humor and identity in South Africa. So, oh, congratulations. Exactly. Yay, he's a doctor. Woo! But all of that to say is that this is a model that goes back in history, into, into the history of humor, right? Mm. And what it does is that it fundamentally creates... A formula upon which uh, it is one character's role to set up the ridiculousness, and then it is one other character's role to pay it off. And we, in turn, we as the audience have a familiar rhythm, right? We know who's going to set up the joke, and we know who is going to deliver it, hmm. right? And community, what is so genius about this is that it sets it up as it is going to be one character, right? It's going to be this character named Jeff. He is the tall, handsome white man who we're trained should be the straight man, right? The guy we should associate our, ourselves with. But it's like they quickly disabuse us of that notion. I mean, the first time you see him like butt naked, bent over a billiards table as he's like playing pool in gym is you realize that this is absolutely, he is not the straight man. And you have to realize, oh no, he is one of the funny men as well. And with this new model, with a bunch of funny men in the cast, no, with no single straight man. Instead of a formulaic approach to comedy, the punchline can come from anywhere, from anyone, and at any time. And it always does. It's, it feels like a barraging of jokes, left, right, and center. And it often makes you feel uncomfortable. But that's the genius about community. It's not concerned with making you feel comfortable. And it, that's one of the things that makes it unique. And another reason why so many people don't really like the show because they don't feel comfortable when they watch this. And that's what makes it a genius um, endeavor endeavor for me. And I'll talk more a lot later. Oh, not too many, too, not too long later, but we'll see how long I go on this um, about why people love the show. But it is, I first have to talk a little bit like about the cast. I'm so sorry. Um, any, do you want to chime in before I move on to the cast? Um, just, just a quick question again. 
Yes. Um, have you seen the Rolling Stone article from a few days ago? No. Uh, they part on May fourth of all days. They uh, published an article about the 100 best sitcoms of all time. Ah, yes. What did they come up with? Uh, do you mean the best one? Yeah. Simpsons. So, so, so the the top three. Number three, Seinfeld. Number two, Cheers, and number one, Simpsons. Fair enough. I figured the Simpsons would be number one. Yeah. Um, uh, the Vulture did another similar uh, such, uh list, and Community was their number one. Simpsons was number two. Just saying, huh? Huh? Right? Just saying, huh? Yeah. Actually, no. Sorry, their thing was different. I think theirs was the best sitcom episode of all time. Ah. And okay. Community, uh, an episode in Community, Remedial Chaos Theory, which is a genius episode one mm. uh, and beat out a simpsons episode yeah at, uh, on the rolling stone list it's 24th that's fine i mean it didn't have the wide mass appeal and it doesn't have the you know i mean obviously the rolling stone is going to be a different model for yeah, creating these things but what i will say is that none of those shows has the diversity that this show has not mm. a single fucking one sitcoms are all about or traditionally all about a bunch of people who are are essentially similar right Mm. and uh, or cut from the similar cloth and whenever you know there are very little minorities very little uh, female characters but not only that kind of diversity that we talk about in society but also the regular diversity in their stage of life right all like you know think about friends Mm. you have you know upper middle class white people in new york that's yeah. such a small subsection of society and they create however many god how god forbid how many seasons of this television show and we're supposed to think of it as interesting mm-hmm. and this show just is not that at all it is a phenomenal i'll go into like a little bit of overview of the main seven characters and you'll get a sense of what i mean it is so having all different kinds of people any kind of person can realistically go to community college, right? Anyone can enroll. And that's what makes this the perfect setting for a television show with proper, proper diversity, right? Mm. And this show then becomes a reflection more so of society at large, right? And no per- no show is perfect. No show can represent every single section of society. That's not what I'm asking, right? But creating different backgrounds for your characters means that the interactions between them become more rich and the conflicts that are the conflict and the awkwardness that are central to humor are not contrived but then they are born out of an actual dare i say realistic disagreements or weird awkwardness or just strangeness that emerge when you put people of different backgrounds in the same scenario um and it in this case in the community it feels so natural to have these characters interact with one another and have it be funny right have it be weird and it's always of the utmost value for the quality of content to have diversity uh, of representations and no sitcom no sitcom has done this better than community Mm. and I'm just gonna go quickly through the characters if 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 I if it's if that's all right. Of course, of course. I guess we're here, right? So <laughs> we, we have the aforementioned Jeff, right? Tall, white, blue hair, like blue eyes, not blue hair. Um, womanizing man. Uh, you know, he is 
muscular, very like uh, uh like obsessed with his ap- appearance. You see that in a lot of TV shows, right? He was a lawyer with a fake bachelor's degree or a fake law degree, and he then had to he got caught and then had to go to community college. Essentially, is why he's mm-hmm. there. We have Shirley, who is an African American divorcee, mother of two, who is simultaneous and is like super, super like Christian religious. So there's so many layers with her character. She is she plays a sassy black lady sometimes. She plays like the strong mother. She is obviously religious in that weird way. She's semi like proselytizing slash semi judging slash is just a very deep character in so many ways. Um, you have Pierce and ignorant old white man who's this old man who just is completely ignorant um and is in a different stage of his life obviously you have um britta who is a feminist how do i describe britta i'm sorry so no britta is britta is set up as um she is like a an active feminist who's not only feminist but social rights activist who is not actually doing anything but likes to talk about doing things but doesn't do stuff so she's virtue signaling, basically. Yes, I'm not familiar with that term, but yes, okay. I will go. I will go with yes. You have Annie, who is was a straight A student in high school, got addicted to drugs, uh, got kicked out, and eventually made her way to community college as well. And then you have obviously Troy, who was this um, tough guy, like jock in high school, f- captain of the football team, but was secretly nerdy on the inside and is just like. It is obviously a whole different dynamic as well. Sorry, I don't, I'm just going on and on. And then you have Abed, who is half Polish, half Palestinian, who registers on like the autism scale, who then learns how to form human connections. And it's just every single one of these characters has such a deep background and is such so distinct from one another. And it's cut from a different cloth that then when you put a character like Britta, who is this outspoken socialite, with Shirley, who is a judgy religious mother, essentially, there is conflict in every conversation that they have, but then they find common ground on some things, they fight on some things. It's just one example of all the many different combinations that they that they do with these different characters. And not only are these characters diverse, but they all have a robust background and a character arc that they go through throughout the TV show that they tra- they transform enormously as they as they go through it. Shirley learns to find her strength as a woman and a mother, and Pierce learns to um, Pierce doesn't learn that much, but <laughs> what he, there's always that one character. But even then, even he learns to like accept finding his own happiness and not wanting to always please his unloving father. Jeff learns to, you know, find stability and humility within this context. Britta learns to actually make a difference and be better in her own life. Annie, like, learns um, to care for others and use her intelligence to help other people as opposed to only uh, promoting her own self-agenda. Troy learns to, you know, stop pretending to be a tough guy jock and embrace who he is. Abed learns how to make these human connections that I mentioned, and he learns inevitably how to do the hardest thing that people have to do to let go. And it's just an amazing cast of characters that go through active arcs that span the entire TV shows. So unlike a TV show that has nothing that's going on on a larger scale, this show has everything and more. That sounds pretty good. Right? 
Um, and not only does it up, upend the tropes of the sitcoms, I mean, actively by referencing other sitcoms and deriding them, but also, that's um, just one of the greatest things about the show, it also refuses to stick to a specific show structure from episode to episode. Every episode feels so different. You have large episodes where there's so many things happening, where you have hundreds of people, for example, being um, turned into zombies and attacking everyone. And you have another episode where the six of them are stuck, sorry, the seven of them are stuck into a room and fighting over someone who lost their pen. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just like, it is reflective of the complexity of their characters that they can do whatever they want. And in any situation, there is a reasoning for their different responses. And it is just absolutely incredible. And it all begins in my mind, what the skill that is behind the camera, right? And obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Dan Harmon in this section right here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Dan Harmon is just a, a creative genius in terms, not in terms of comedy, but in terms of storytelling. Um, it's famous. Uh, it's well known that Dan Harmon has what's called his story circle, in which he yeah. creates, you know, the complex storytelling and story arcs. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. A character sort of begins in a zone of comfort, but then they have this, they want something. And then because of that, they enter into an unfamiliar situation. They adapt to it. They eventually get what they wanted. Then they pay the heavy price. Then they return to the familiar situation, but having fundamentally changed. And this, that circle that seems super simple when you think about it in a higher level, but integrating it specifically and poignantly into the into a sitcom over six six seasons of television is it gives such a layer of depth and trajectory for a television show that is set within a medium that has no direction and television shows like the office end up floundering because there is no way for them to go and they don't know what to do and then they end up um just getting canceled because they lost their creative interest or they jumped the shark. Community doesn't do that. It's actually struggling to survive, not for those reasons, but because the audience was so small. Mm. The the fan base was so it was so small, but so active and loved it so much that it actually did get four seasons of television on, sorry, five seasons of television on network TV, um, and that was amazing before being canceled and then brought back by yahoo films <laughs> of, all, of all things for their sixth season which is amazing i didn't even uh, know yahoo had any like TV i mean program. they don't have it anymore yeah i mean what it's does yahoo have they don't yeah. even have yahoo answers anymore <laughs> do they have a, do they still have a search engine maybe i think yahoo news is the biggest thing no. <laughs> it's not oh it's not a good sign um oh. But on top of even Dan Harmon's creative control, they have um, they had talented directors. So the Russo brothers, I know, don't mean anything to you. Um, you're not a huge fan of the MCU, but nope. um, they are very, very successful directors that created that have really um, captured the image of the MCU. And they didn't. The community wasn't the first thing that they worked on, but it was one of the most significant things that they worked on before getting hired by Marvel. And you can see that their talent in all things in this show, from the way that they, you know, direct the humor, but also the actions episodes that they have in in community. And they do have action stuff. 
which is great. They have Western spoofs. They have. All I know is that they have a uh, D and D episode that now you can't get on Netflix anymore because it's so annoying. Yeah, so, I know. That's, that's really why annoying. I always everybody laughs at me all the time because I that makes me sound like an old man, but. Uh, that's why I argue for owning DVDs or Blu-rays of things you love, because uh, it might just be uh, like readily available wherever, but maybe one day it won't be. And yes. If you love it, you might uh, at least it. own the digital like of a file. You don't have to own the DVD in my mind, but yeah, down, like have the file on your computer. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, um, that's a, that's what's amazing because you have creative minds. At, behind the camera and then in the writer's room and together they can do everything right they have creative parodies of law and order to david fincher detective shows they have um they basically one-to-one do a parody of zodiac which is amazing nice um to westerns to post-apocalyptic mad max style episodes to zombie films superhero and then obviously what i would say is that their most overt parody which is the sitcom this Mm. is just entire thing is a parody of a sitcom. I would argue that this show is not a sitcom. I, it has the wrappings of one. It's a 30-minute comedy on a network that um, has a recurring cast of characters that go through you know, a myriad of hijinks. But at its core, it's not a sitcom. It's not repetitive. It's not comfortable. It's not concerned with the opinions of anyone, basically. It's concerned with being itself. It's bold. It's creative. It's heartfelt. And it's not a fact, afraid to tackle complex natures of diversity and humanity all through the wrappings of a television comedy. And that's what makes it amazing. And there's a, there is, it is silly, it is absolutely silly. And it is extremely emotional and it is extremely smart and well-written. And one of the cores of what makes it amazing, and I, I have to talk about this, and it is the friendship between Troy and Abed. I don't know if you've heard of these, this Troy and Abed, those names being said together, no. but... Um, I had mentioned earlier that Troy is a character who comes into community and comes into the television show. Oh, sorry. Comes into Greendale, which is the name of the community college, if you forgot. Mm. Comes into Greendale, you know, as a football jock. And pretending to be that against his own nature, essentially. And Abed comes into community as one person who's on the spectrum and has mild autistic tendencies and is struggling with human connection, right? He has no friends um, and can't really relate to anyone. And in in some of in some way, ov- bonding together over their collective love of nerdiness and nerd culture, they relate to one another fundamental to in a fundamental way to their characters and something that makes sense for their relationship, right? Abed gets human connection through his relationship with Troy and Troy learns to embrace who he is through his relationship with Abed. And this is, it's such a touching relationship and obviously it's play for laughs and there's a lot of interesting things that happen between the two and it's heartfelt and their connections though, that connection is specifically related to character development. And they're not just good friends for plot reasons, as we always say, you know, because plot, something has to happen. Mm. But their friendship is fundamental to their characters, their backgrounds. And that's why it feels so natural. And it drives who they become throughout the course of the show. How amazing is that? It's just 
you don't find this in television and you don't find this especially in a sitcom. So hats off to the creators of Community really for this. What I will say is why is this show so loved, right? It has a small but fervent fan base. And for those of for those who love the chaos and the humor of the show, but understand and see its deeper meaning. And Community is all about a salient message of accepting who we are without change and for ourselves, without within this chaotic nature of life. The show itself is chaotic, right? When we picture a sitcom, we with everything in perfect balance, each conflict gets resolved one week after the other. And it's an image of an ideal life, right? And a perfect life is conceived. But that image is a fallacy, right? It's not true. Life is not perfect. We are not perfect. And in fact, life, as community the show, is chaotic. And we need to accept who we are and not who we want to be within that chaos. And that is the journey that each character and community takes, struggling through a common struggle that defines many of us. It's, it's such a common thing to, to define our life and our happiness through the things that come from somewhere else, from our jobs, to our education, to our partners. But the message of community is that we need to accept life's chaotic nature and within that accept our own flaws and accept who we are with, uh, with those in hand. There's a saying at Greendale that you are already accepted. And, you know, it's a funny line for a college to have their slogan be at Greendale, you're already accepted. And at face value, it's a, it's a joke. It's a commentary on the low quality of the education of the school, which is the butt of the joke throughout the entire run of the television show. But more fundamentally, it's a commentary of how we should accept ourselves for who we already are, not how we shape our lives for the existence and the sake of others. And I'd like to end with a quote from Remedial Chaos Theory, which, as, as we mentioned earlier, was considered by Vulture as the best sitcom episode ever made. And it su summarizes the meaning of the episode so succinctly. And at the end of the episode, Abed says, chaos already dominates enough of our lives. The universe is an endless raging sea of randomness. Our job isn't to fight it, but to weather it together on the raft of life. A raft held together by those few rare, beautiful things that we know to be predictable. Us. It won't matter what happens to us along the way as, well, as long as we stay honest and accepting of each other's flaws and virtues. Like, what better message to summarize a message of love and acceptance buried within the chaos and humor of a so-called sitcom. So good. Ah, so good. <laughs> um, it's just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. And a few episodes that I would like to highlight, just, just um, this might be a long list, but um, you're, you're a plan, you're a fan of naming, right? So mm -hmm. I would highlight a name of uh, one episode, which is season five, episode three. Basic intergluteal numismatics. Nice. Um, obviously, an episode that you would love would be season two, episode 14, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which of Yay. course is great. Um, we've mentioned Remedial Chaos Theory. Contemporary Amer American Poultry, season one, episode 21, is amazing. It is uh, a nod to The Godfather, essentially. Mm, nice. You have Modern Warfare, season one, episode 23, which is essentially a paintball action. Uh, episode 
Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas season two, episode 11, which is entirely done in stop motion. It is amazing. App Development and Condiments, season five, episode eight. <laughs> it's such a great name. Um, where they essentially develop a, a rating system for uh, people in the community college. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the episode of Black Mirror where they have, they basically copied community for that. Mm, okay. I, w- I was wondering which one got it first. Oh, community came out first. Black Mirror did it second. They claim that they didn't copy it. Mm. Eh. See, oh. if I believe them or not. Just absolutely. Just, just tons and tons of creative episodes. And I know a lot of people who don't like this show uh, because of everything that I mentioned before. It is not something for someone who likes sitcoms. It is someone. F- it is for people who like creative storytelling, creative writing, creative joke telling, and an actual story arc for characters that can make you laugh but also make you feel something in between you know your chest essentially so would you say this this one sounds like uh, a show that would have probably profited from being a few years later in the streaming age possibly what do you think yes and no so yes in the sense that i think um it would have definitely happened, right? But I don't know if it would have gotten as many seasons uh, because of fan fervor, essentially. Mm. Maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have. But why I think uh, Community was perfect for its timing was that it was able to be on a regular television show where it... Well, sorry, a regular television network where it was in everybody's home. And everyone watched it. So it got a large cross-section of society as its fan base. As opposed to if it were on, say, Paramount Plus, it would have only been on Paramount Plus and no one would have seen it. Mm. Netflix, maybe, but Netflix famously has a very quick trigger with things, right? It will, um, I th- and one, and two, part of, I think, the pressure of network television in which you have to create TV on a schedule made it so that they had to come back and keep creating content for mm. the better and I think it would have looked a lot more like BoJack, which is a great show in and of itself, where it was it would be twelve episodes, like four seasons, and you know be great, right? But not have the breadth of community as it stands, right? Because there is, you know, as they always say, under the greatest pressure, diamonds are created. So I think that the timing was sort of ideal in some ways. Uh, I don't think it would have gotten the same leash that it would have or, or gotten as many episodes, whether that's because of the inherent freedom that streaming services give their creators or because of the fragmented nature of consumption today. Nice. Yeah, thank you for sharing this with with me and the group. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, on the endless list of movies and shows that i want to watch someday this ha- this has already been on but now it's definitely uh way up top it sounds very interesting it's obviously kind of a huge task to go through th- so many episodes but doesn't matter if you have fun right if it's good tv i don't care then i want as much uh episode as, as many episodes as as there can be I was thinking about my Mount Rushmore of television shows, right? Mm-hmm. And what would be on it? So Mount Rushmore means you get four, right? Yeah. Um, like I, I wonder really would 
community beyond there, right? Um, obviously, I just did a deep dive into community a little bit, so it's obviously mm. on top of my mind, right? Um, yeah. But it, it would be very hard, and I can't think about another many TV shows that would be that would supplant community as on my Mount Rushmore of all mm. television. Thanks for listening, Chris. And, uh, you know, this is something that I'm very passionate about, obviously. And I, I feel like I am very passionate about a lot of things. I didn't realize I had this most passion until I started talking about things with you. But thank you for allowing me to discover my own passion Aww. and being I, there with me. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. I'm always a sucker for passion. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. If you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? Five stars. If you want to get in touch... There are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check us out on our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. You know, this whole notion of something you just can like brainlessly have running while you're doing other things is like, just don't have anything running that exactly. like either pay attention or don't. You should just listen to a podcast. Hey, podcasts can, can also pay attention to podcasts. That's a good point. Uh, especially, especially this, this one. one. <laughs>